This is Donna Peters back for season four of the award-winning Me Sweet podcast. Here we continue to shine a mic on career-driven, life-minded professionals, sharing our wins and our warts as we cultivate the role we want work to play in our lives. Putting work to work for us, as I like to say, let's get in there. On this episode of The Me Suite, I am joined by Sandy Hernandez. Professionally, Sandy is a retail strategist, retail innovation expert. And as a person, she is super interesting, has lived in multiple places in the world. She has gone to the Wharton School, has a degree in economics with a minor in psychology, which I'm fascinated by that combination, and also has an MBA from the Wharton School. Sandy Hernandez, welcome to the Me Suite. Thank you, Donna. Thanks for the kind introduction. I'm really, really excited to be here. I am happy to have you. And here's why I cut your introduction short. I want to take a slightly different approach with you and ask you some rapid fire questions to help introduce you to the listeners. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. Ready. My first one is your favorite place to shop in person. Um, definitely Selfridges, which is, so I just moved from London back to the US, but in my time in London, it's my absolute favorite department store. It's constantly changing. It's like an adult playground, basically, of magic and wonder. And I just absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, I've never been there. And when things open up and I can travel again, I'm going. Yes. Okay, Sandy, now your favorite place to shop online? It's probably Glossier. I just love, one, their products. It's a beauty brand for those that that don't know that are listening. And it has, the the branding is pretty much, it's very much like a millennial pink in terms of all the products. So it's just visually clean and nice and simple to look at. But they include real people in um, how they're using the products. So you get that feedback and it's actually you you kind of trust what they say because it's actually someone that's used it and you see how it looks on a real person. Oh. So that's why I love actually um, shopping shopping for that online because you don't necessarily need to try it because you can see how it actually looks. I love that example. And I've never heard of them. You're making me cooler than I normally am, Sandy. <laughs> so thank you for this. Uh, my second question, well, no, this will be my third one. My third question is, You were recently at the People's Choice Award. Who is the most famous person that you saw at the People's Choice Award? Yeah, there was, it was one. So it's just so exciting to be there. But um, I can think of a few people because it depends on how you define famous. (laughs) So from a, I guess, just influencer and number of followers, it would probably be um, Kim Kardashian and the entire Kardashian family who were there um, both earning awards and presenting. Um, And then the other person, just from an an acting perspective, would be Halle Berry, because I'm an Oscar winner. So it was really cool to see her there. And then someone I didn't expect to see um, from the business world was um, Jeff Bezos, the, the CEO of Amazon. Sandy, thank you for playing my silly game. Let's start where we always start in the Me Suite with core values. What are your core values, Sandy, and how do they drive decisions that you make? So I love this exercise because I think it's just great to you know spend some time thinking about it. And it was hard to nail it down, but I came up with a few. So I think 
Number one for me is um, passion. Mm. So I need to feel obsessed about something um, or else like why even do it? Okay. So I don't like, I don't like to do things or, or live halfway or I, at least I try not to. Mm-hmm. So um, if I'm not passionate about something, it shows. So I think it's definitely something that's important to me yeah. and, um, in terms of what I choose to do and, and where to spend my time. And then the second is um, intuition. So kind of that inner compass. So I'm a very rational person in that I like facts. I like, I'm very analytical, but I would say I rely a lot on intuition and that gut feeling that many of us obviously have. Uh And especially like break will break the tie in when I'm making decisions. And it's really tied to me to living, I guess, authentically as well, because if I'm not following my gut, I... I, I just constantly, it's nagging and, it, and I feel it. Yeah. So I rely on that intuition piece, whether um, it's choosing where to live, where to work, uh, my opinion about a potential um, business partner. I, I rely on that a lot. The third is insatiable um, curiosity. Okay. So it's it's linked really to how I guess creativity is sparked in me as well, because I'm constantly... Have a, I guess I have a voracious appetite to find out more. Uh-huh. And I really believe, I guess, in that power of asking why. So I'm constantly asking, you know, why is this this way? Um, and it's a question that I also post either to clients or have clients ask that about the world because that's mm-hmm. how you come up with innovation and new ideas because you question, why is the product blue? Or why is um, why do we always do this this yeah. way in the company? So it's kind of that, you know, curiosity. Yeah. Um, and that also is stemmed, I guess, in my pursuit, like many of your listeners, I'm sure, around um, lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. So constantly trying to develop yourself and, and learn new things in different areas. Because right now I'm currently obsessed with, um, with NFTs and, and digital currencies and how that intersects with, with retail. So right now I'm trying to learn all I can about that space. The fourth value is around, and I don't even know how to phrase this value, but it's around um, nurturing the inner curator. So oh. I'm potentially a hoarder of, <laughs> of clothes and shoes and bags, but I'm also with you know ideas or articles or things I find across you know, the web, or if I'm walking around and see some interesting um, window display or some innovation that I see or some new technology that I've tested, I will take a picture of it. I will keep it in this massive spreadsheet or jot it down in a notebook. So that's how I go back and like tie things together to create trends. Oh yeah. And then the last thing is, um, and it's so important to me is, um, is respect. So Respect in many ways, so whether for other people's differences, points of view, lived experience. And I think respect ties into, I guess, personal relationships and in professional ones as well. It's like the core yeah. of um, the and foundational to building relationships, I think. Because once you lose that, like trust is broken and things like that. So yeah. um, respect is the last one. Yeah, I love your list. And of I don't know, I'm even over a couple of hundred interviews that I've done now. Your one around intuition and curation are unique. I've never heard that on anyone's core values list. And I just love the list in its entirety. Thank you for giving it so much thought. Yeah. So I want to turn one of these values back on you. 
when you talked mm. about the why and asking why. Yeah. Uh, why are you as you are? Are there certain moments in your life you would call defining moments that have really shaped who you are and how you think? Yeah. So that's a, I mean, it's a great, great question. And I think it's an interesting exercise for all of us to do anyway, um, to think about what moments you can look back on in your life and you can see who you were before and after and uh-huh. see like a significant change because a lot of things will just sometimes just happen to you. It's how you respond. Mm. Um, that's important, right? Um, so for me, looking back, I think one that really shaped me, it's, it's, is around, I guess this time in 2009 and 10 is the loss of my mother. Mm. So, I mean, obviously it was devastating mm-hmm. at the time and, and still so, because I lost her so suddenly and so young and needless to say, it was life-changing. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I think that moment in time, that, that loss, that grief, um, it really allowed me, I guess, the time to reassess priorities, um, mm. like many people who have experienced loss. Um, and it really, for me, I use the grief as a catalyst, um, to change, to change my mindset and philosophy uh. and approach to my life and my career. Um, cause one is really that life is short. Yeah. So we've really got to embrace it and go after what we want in life. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the, at that time, it really did change a lot of things because, I mean, I, I do owe, you know, a lot of, gratitude to my employer at the time because it did allow me the the um the support and the time to grieve but also mm-hmm. to come back in a way that it could like be able to go come back to home to Chicago mm-hmm. um and pursue an opportunity that changed my entire career trajectory because I then went to pursue the career or the re- the industry that I love which is retail okay so it was that was a great catalyst to open up my the door to uh, um, something that I actually loved doing. And mm. then also a year later, this change in mindset really was the catalyst to my move to London because I always uh. wanted to live in London and I just made a decision and, uh-huh. and I wouldn't have done it otherwise if my mom hadn't passed because wow. it was just the right, the right timing. And again, my change in mindset about life being short. Yeah. The loss also for me awakened a new way of viewing my employer and coworkers, I think. Um, Because at that time I was viewing them from like coworkers to human beings because they um, were so supportive, um, as I mentioned. Yeah. And I mean, even 12 years on, I I mean, I still remember the incredibly kind words and um, that I received from the team and from people that I didn't even know um, from the company. So I think if you're going through something difficult for, I guess, for the listeners, be it a loss or something like similar, I would think about sharing maybe your story with the people you work with and they may surprise you and help you as you're struggling. And also as a leader, it helped me, I guess, be more empathetic to other Mm -hmm. people that are going through this as well. Yeah. What a wonderful story, Sandy. And I appreciate you sharing it. And I know it isn't easy to share. And it maybe takes one person like you in the workplace to share your unique story 
but recognize that unique story can help an awful lot of other people. I, I really, really love that. And I appreciate you being willing to share it. Well, thank you. Yeah. If we fast forward now to 2016, mm-hmm. um, and at that, at that moment in time, I had just completed this, what I would call a pop-up store of the future concept that had, I don't know, like 20 different brands that I had curated. Um, uh-huh. This was and and brought in you know different technologies. And it was a huge undertaking that I couldn't believe that I, along with um, an amazing team, had pulled together in a short amount of time mm-hmm. um, in London, and then we took it to Singapore. And I just loved you know creating this whole you know basically a mini store mm-hmm. that was live for a couple of days, and it really just awakened you know a diff- again the, this passion for a physical manifestation of my work. Yeah. So at that time, I just had a I guess a, a defining moment in that I felt like I was at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. So I decided um, and made the choice to give myself permission to figure it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I took a gap year, okay. which was uh, um, something that in the UK they do when you leave, let's say the equivalent of high school. And now I decided to do it at this point in my career to just give myself a break, um, mm-hmm. which I hadn't had yeah. and gave myself permission to figure it out. And so I, I traveled, I learned, you know, new skills. And then when I was ready, I like basically hibernated and came up with a business plan for my current business and um, decided to launch, you know, what I'm doing now. Yeah. I had to follow my intuition. (laughs) Yeah. What was your family thinking about you doing this at the time? Did they think that this was wild and crazy to leave the security? Yes, but they didn't really say that. Uh-huh, <laughs> and then, okay. But I had, you know, um, I definitely had, because I always say I, I, I like to consult, you know, people for advice. Um, there were co-workers, one, co-workers would say, you know, you should not leave the security. And then um, a friend also, uh, many friends okay. said, oh, you're, I admire your bravery. And I didn't think it was brave at all. I'm like, maybe it's, this is crazy. <laughs> I second guessed myself many times, but I'm I'm glad. I mean, this is my journey, so we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy. I definitely took that time off, and I've I've talked to other people um, that have done that. That they've maybe not as long as I did for the year, but some you know that took you know leave of absence for a few months or yeah. whatever it is that that really helped them recharge as well. Yeah. Um, so I think. For people, I think don't feel like it's it's you know a step back in your career because it could actually help you catapult yourself even more because you have that time to decompress, to gather your thoughts, and you know get ready even stronger for when you come back. I just love that one too, Sandy. That's another home run piece of advice. <laughs> so for the listeners, Sandy, if somebody's listening and thinking that they may want to take a leave of absence, what advice do you have for them about how they should be using their network to do that type of due diligence that you did? Well, I think I would want just obviously have your, do a bit of due diligence around the options available at your current employer, because I'm sure everyone mm. has a different, or every company has a different policy. And I, and 
at your own company, just take a look at what's what what's even possible. Yeah. Nice. And if there is no formal policy, then it's still worth a discussion, right? With the equivalent of your career counselor or someone that either you your supervisor or someone that you trust at the company, right? To understand if how to approach it and and create that plan with them. And I would use as a guide to if other people at your company have done it. And then obviously LinkedIn is a great resource to take a look at examples from what other other people have done, either other articles or people within your LinkedIn network that have, I'm sure you're connected to someone that has taken one before and yeah. to get advice from them, how they navigated that. And also just the return back to the, to the workplace is uh. also important too, to understand, okay, ha- and having a plan set in place for what you're going to do in the time as well, because that will be important to your employer to understand, you know, this is what I'm going to use my time for. Uh This this is um, potentially of benefit to you as the employer as well, because you could say, I'm going to, you know, take a class or in in finance or or some skill or some gap that you have Mm -hmm. to make it a value to the employer as well. Yeah, I love that. And now I want to flip it around the other way. Yeah. What advice do you have for us in being better leaders at helping our people think about or think through an LOA? So I think listening, right? So just uh, letting the person share their you know, story rationale as to yeah. why they want to take a leave of absence, right? And some, to be fair, may not even be completely honest with why they need it because it might be a personal reason. Uh, it's fair. Um, so you have to be just ready that they may not want to share. That's fair. The, the, and reveal maybe it's a medical, rela- you know, some you never know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's just a uh, listening, right, and and understanding kind of the reason, and uh, again, what talking through the plans, and if it is a part of your process to to reassure them, mm-hmm. um, and to come up with a plan together for what reentry looks like, right. I love what you said for leaders listening, be a listener. (laughs) When people like Sandy approach you because they're exploring a leave of absence, I I think it's something we can't ignore anymore and we've got to build that as a skill. Yeah, and on both fronts too, um, both the person that's taking the leave of absence Mm -hmm. and also um, the person granting it or the leader is also to to check in with each other. So Mm -hmm. some point maybe midway through or towards the end, right? Mm-hmm. To have that communication in place. Yeah. Thank you for those uh, transparent stories. I think they're going to help a lot of people. Oh, you're welcome. What advice do you have for things that we could start doing differently on Monday? Everyone can be creative. So okay. um, some, some tips to open up your mind is to just one, get up and walk around and go somewhere else because I think it's just your setting and surroundings uh. dictate the ability to come up with ideas. So what I like to do is what to tap into the French world of um, a, a flaneur, which for those that don't know, a flaneur is someone who can get just lost, wandering, you know, yeah. your town and city with no particular goal in mind and just exploring and taking it all in, observing, just taking photos and, and videos. It's kind it's it's the best research as well as the best way to open up your mind is just to get lost and explore somewhere else. Yeah. Um it helps you come up with ideas. The second thing is to what I would say is find an issue or something you really feel strongly about, uh-huh. let's say 
um, or a decision you're trying to make and argue the other side. I oh. think that helps you um, really feel thorough and and that it also just opens up your mind because when you take the position that you don't um, believe in, right? And it helps yeah. with conflict resolution as well. And then the last thing is just really, as, as I do, is just have some, there are so many tools out there, but some way to, to kind of keep all of those ideas as they come up, whether it's a notebook or um, some kind of software to copy and paste articles or quotes or things that um, you find interesting that you may, you know, may spark an idea in the future. For the curation, back to your core value. Yes, the curation, yeah. Yeah, to curate your great yeah. ideas. Sandy, thank you so much for sharing those three aspirational but practical pieces of advice about interjecting creativity into our daily lives. I think that I could have an episode with you on each one of those. So thank you so much. (laughs) And for listeners, if you've been a little intrigued by Sandy's expertise in the retail and innovation space, check out the Retail Muse, and I will have links to this in the show notes. This is Sandy Hernandez in the Me Suite, everybody. I was just... So thrilled to be a part of this. And thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for spending time in the Me Suite. If you have ideas for topics you'd like discussed this season, contact me at themesuite.com or on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. And remember, five-star ratings and reviews keep us alive out here. They really do make a difference.